This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of September 3rd. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by Asad, who went to CNE for the first time. Asad uh, is from Mississauga and now lives in Milton, which explains why you're at CNE, because no one from Toronto is trying to go to CNE. But uh, how, how'd you like it, man? Yo, for first time, it wasn't bad. It's, it's good. I get a corporate discount, so it was chill. So for my price, it was well worth it. Yeah, for those yeah. who don't know, Asad's the plug. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was decent. It's not bad. I went on the pirate ship ride, which is always good, regardless of where it is. That pirate ship is money. Are you talking like, about the one that just swings back and forth? Yeah, it's the greatest ride ever invented. Like, it Man. doesn't matter what age you are. It's just automatic. And it gets you right away. Like, no matter how, like, unafraid you are of rides, you feel it in your stomach. Yeah. Every time. It's a magic ride. That's, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really call it that, but... Um... Yeah, all right, cool. No, I haven't gone into any in a while, man. It's yeah. just it's uh it's too packed. It's too packed with out of towners like you. But you know, do you have any of the crazy food or not? Nah? You have a uh, yeah, deep I tried, fried uh, Mars bar. No, I have, I've had that before. But uh, deep okay. fried, what I have a deep fried cheesecake. We okay. tried um Shout we tried um we tried uh deep fried uh it was like deep fried Doritos and stuff with cheese. But that's and what then, a Dorito is, man. It's yeah, already deep fried no, no, no. with cheese. So it was like it was like deep fried with cheese and then covered. So it was like almost uh, like like deep fried I, nachos. Yeah. yeah, and then um and then this deep fried mac and cheese thing with Cheeto dust on it. Mm. So that was that was okay. It was cool. It was just cool to try. Um, my buddies uh, had the stomach to try like the Krispy Kreme donut burger or whatever. Okay, which just looked hideous. I I good god, that's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, like, you know, they had the basketball, uh, the basketball shot things they do at any type of carnival or whatever. Okay. Was, yo, did I'll you tell you, up, that's like, did you, did you pull a Bruno or not? 
You're shooting no, no, two? No, no, It was like, so the guy was like, yo, it's a dollar. It's a, it's five bucks for one shot, but I'll give you a deal. I'll give you four shots for 10 bucks. I mean, you can give me four shots to figure out the rim. I'm, I'm definitely going to make a shot. So third shot, got it to go in. Like, the rims were ridiculously bouncy. It was like, you touch the rim, like, that ball yeah, was in. And it was like, if you make two shots, you get a free jersey on the back wall. And the jerseys were an Isaiah Thomas Celtic jersey, a LeBron James Cavs jersey, uh, a Durant OKC jersey, and a DeMar uh, Raptors jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so I took the giant Pikachu instead. Nice. 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 Yeah. That was a good time, man. It was a good time. All right. You've already proven you're a better shooter than Bruno, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Bruno trash. Bruno, bro. I can't believe he... Bruno, Bruno, Bruno's a... Uh, shout out to Bruno. He's at Frost Week this week. Uh, 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 <clears throat> admissions, you know? <clears throat> yep. 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 We wish Bruno well in, uh, in, in Houston or wherever the hell he is. Popping up in the background of random workout videos. But, uh, all right, Leo, let's talk about Raptor stuff. There's not that much going on. Um, but I think for the little bit that did happen this week, I think most of it was positive. Uh, we'll start here. Raptors assistant coach, Phil Handy, which is just such a great name. When you have a name called Handy, it's just, it's just right there. But, um, yeah, Raptors assistant coach, Phil Handy, um, he went on a podcast and he talked about Kawhi Leonard and sort of how he's doing. And there's that picture that came out, uh, where Kawhi and his massive hand is in the middle of a photo with LeBron, with uh, KD with Chetty Osman all of a sudden and some other random assistants. And, you know, Phil was in that picture. Uh, his, his buddy, Jeremy Castleberry, who was now also on the Raptors staff was in that picture. And so he, you know, Phil was asked about sort of how, you know, Kawhi's looking obviously, cause he only played nine games last season. He said, quote, he's doing great. He's in great shape. Body looks good. He's feeling good. He's moving well. I don't anticipate any issues or any problems. He's working hard and he's a hard worker. So it's a generic question or it's a generic answer, but he does reassure people that Kawhi is healthy. And by all by the looks of it, he's working out with some of the Raptors down in LA. He's working out with KD. He's working out with LeBron. Like, you know, it, it's, it's all good. It's, it's all good. It, it makes me encouraged to hear that. Yeah, that I don't really have any other comment on that. That's Come on, aside. We got like two dude, topics, bro. We got to stretch this. Nah, it's good to see, you know, like, okay. it's like, it's nice to know that, you know, our assistants are getting coverage, <laughs> they're getting played, <laughs> they're getting to be out there, but no, apparently, like, Phil Handy was, like, really big signing, at least a big pickup for Nick Nurse, um, sure. he's well-known around the league from what I've read, right, um, yo, any good news on Kawhi is great news, um, I'm just, I, I'll be honest, I'm just excited that, like, all signs point to Kawhi playing for us this year, healthy. Right. Because, like, every, like I'll be honest, I watch Kawhi highlights basically every night before we want to sleep. It's it's yo it's relax. Unhealthy. You don't have to expose yourself like yo, that, man. He's so damn good. Damn. He's so like yo. They have whole like ten minute highlight clips mm-hmm. of him from a single playoff series. Yep. That Memphis series? That was legendary. Dog. That was legendary. I don't, I don't even think there are any Raptors you can make 10-minute playoff uh, highlight reels out of. How dare you? Have you seen the staff floating around about how Kyle Lowry is the most clutch player in the last two minutes of a playoff game? Yeah, I don't in know if it's true, I, but I believe it. I, that looks like a lie. That looks like a lie. I've watched all these playoff <laughs> games very closely. 14 shots in the last two minutes. Sure. The thing is, I think, I think, the, I think the problem is... Uh, Kyle hits a lot of those shots in the games we're losing, like where mm-hmm. it's like we're down five, yeah. and then he hits that three to bring it back to two, so it feels like it's really close. Yep. So or, I, the, or I, the Dwayne Casey classic of uh, we're down four points with 13 seconds, and he goes for a quick two. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it just makes it feel good. So I feel like that's a little padded, but I wouldn't doubt it because, you know, Kyle Lowry is like the best player in Raptors history. So well, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. Well, exactly. Until now. Because, look, Phil Handy also said this, all right? Quote, Kawhi is a gamer, man. He's a, he's a gamer. Players like that just want to compete. Uh, however, his situation with the Spurs played out, however it happened, he's just looking forward to what's next and what's in front of him right now and putting his best for- forward for the Raptors organization this season. Mm. I'm just I'm just happy we have a gamer like Kawhi and not a gamer like uh, Gordon Hayward. Wow. Wow. Gordon Hayward, bro. He's back. He's back. He's going to come oh, back da- with the, da- the rebounds. Daddy's always happy, bro. Hashtag oh, daddy's Christ. always happy. It's it's no coincidence how these guys end up in Boston. It really isn't. But um, I mean, look, all this stuff with Kawhi is, is is very positive. I think the fact that he's like working out with some of the top guys is kind of interesting. I think what it really says is that like those guys actually give him respect in a way that I don't really feel like uh, the top guys have really given the Raptors respect in that way. Like the guy that gets the most love I thought before was Damar obviously right like Kevin Durant went on the you know the BS pod and he, he talked about how you know he really admires Damar's footwork and stuff like that and that's true Damar is great footwork but like in terms of like who these guys respected you could tell LeBron respected nobody on this team right but I feel like with them in this picture I don't want to stretch it too much but I just feel like generally speaking those guys really respect Kawhi as one of the guys who are elite they might even respect Kawhi more than Steph even though I think Steph is way more accomplished than Kawhi but um, Yo, are you are you sure LeBron didn't respect the Raptors? Like let's let's like I don't yeah. know if there's any evidence to it. Like mm. outside of like maybe spinning a ball in a power forward's face in the first quarter of the first game of a series, um, Bro. accidentally, t- dude. He I, I cannot believe he did all of that in one series. Yo, speaking of guys who have ten minute highlight videos in a series, LeBron ten minute highlight videos per game against the Raptors. In three straight series. Which, by the way, uh, just remembering those series, my favorite thing is that uh, DeMar didn't hit a single three in three series. I I, I still never can wrap my head around that one. In three series, in three separate years, the man never hit a single three. But... um, and the wild part is, like, he hit a lot of almost threes. Yes. But as soon as they went in, you knew that he had a foot on the line. Yeah. It's like, oh, it went in. He must have a foot on the line. Yeah. And lo and behold. Yeah. Oh, man. I miss him. Yeah. No, we could talk about that in a second too. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, Kawhi—he's—he's he's out. He's healthy. That's—that's that's all good news. All right, that's—that's that's one of our major topics. So that—that's—that's that's good that we we're moving past it so quickly. Another one, Gilbert Arenas uh, also talked about Kawhi. So Gilbert Arenas actually has a podcast, which is kind of hit or miss. But uh, one, you know, when Gilbert Arenas is just strictly talking about basketball and sort of like breaking it down, it's clear that he has a really good mind for the game and. I actually would really recommend people to listen to his latest one. I think it's episode four. If you just search YouTube, uh, Gilbert Arenas, like episode four, you'll find the podcast where he talks about how he could score against different players and sort of how he would approach um, attacking some of the best defenders in the game. And so Kawhi naturally got brought up. Um, and, you know, Gilbert Arenas talked about how um, Kawhi is obviously a good defender, but, you know, he has some weaknesses. And I thought it was very interesting because, you know, he thought – you know, Russell Westbrook going against Kawhi one-on-one or Kyrie Irving going against Kawhi one-on-one. Like, that's not necessarily a great matchup for Kawhi. And the two things he really noted about Kawhi's game is uh, that Kawhi is a two-foot jumper. So he likes to jump off two feet. He's not, you know, uh, explosive about one foot. 
Uh, he called him slow-footed, which I, I don't really quite agree with, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's like lightning quick either. He's not like an Avery Bradley type. And that, you know, while Karai is a great reactor, that he, you know, he doesn't give up on plays, but that also means that he'll jump and try to go for blocks and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you have been watching this a ton of Kawhi defensive highlights. I think we all have. But, um, you know, do you agree with Gilbert's assessment? And um, I don't know. Should we temper our expectations a little bit with Kawhi in terms of what he's going to be able to do defensively? No, no, there's nothing to temper. Basically, what Gilbert said is, is he was just saying he the point he was trying to make wasn't specifically about Kawhi not being like this all world defender. He was just trying to the point of the podcast was he was trying he was talking about how players are being taught all these offensive moves, but since they don't understand like the very few things that defenders have to do, mm-hmm. they don't use the right moves in the right situations, and that's why like a player like the thing is that no matter how good a defensive player is. There's certain like principles that a defensive player has that if you know what pr- principles are, which way they're going to force you, and how they're going to play you, then that's how you can decide, figure out as an offensive player what shot you're going to get. So that's why what he was saying was that there's no defensive player, no matter how good, that can just lock you down if you can like think your offensive game through. So what he was talking about Kawhi was the, the fact that he was a two-foot jumper and that he was slightly slow-footed, which is totally true. So the one thing he said was that uh, one. I think the biggest point was he was like, if you're playing against Kawhi, you never want to cross the ball over, mm-hmm. or you never want to let your dribble get too hot because then you're going to lose it. And also he said that basically you never want to iso Kawhi on a wing because he's going to because his wingspan so long he can just lock you up to the baseline and you're basically screwed because yep. you just don't have any movement available. So it was actually a really it was actually I'll be honest like I'm not a big Gilbert Arenas fan as like a person because he's nah, kind of trash. Is, it was pretty trash, but that was actually a really interesting podcast because it was like a live podcast they did on a court, and it was actually like really cool to watch because he was talking a lot of sense basketball wise. Mm-hmm. So basically, his point was like, if you have a defender as good as Kawhi, you're gonna want to get him. If you have him in the ISO, you want him in the middle of the floor. You don't want to do too much left or right movement. If you're gonna get into a move, you want to go straight into the move. Yep. And you want to force him to a side, and you want to force him so that when he's running. He's not running straight backwards where he can jump off two legs mm-hmm. and like get a launch. You want to get him moving, get him moving, uh, leaning one way or the other, so that way he has to jump off one leg, which isn't his specialty. Because even when you see him dunk, he's always a he's a two foot guy. Yeah, for which sure. is actually like a very key point. Like that's the thing. But the thing is with Kawhi, he's so damn long and he's so good at reacting. He doesn't have to jump that much. He doesn't really have to jump that much. Like he blocks people so easily. Yeah, it's. So it's kind of rude, actually, because he doesn't make like, a reaction either. Yeah. One pro tip I'll give people that are watching Kawhi highlights: anytime you're watching like a defensive reel highlight and he gets a steal or a block, just make a little whoop noise, and it makes the entire reel so enjoyable. Okay, it's like he's, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like you know, like that noise when Mario hits a, hits a coin box. Yeah, it's like that. Just make that noise every time All Kawhi right. gets a steal. It's hilarious. All right, my God. Um, also, great this Kawhi fact that just like. It'll never get old. The fact that he has more um, steals than he has fouls in his career. That doesn't even. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's not that's a nuts, that's man. Insane. It also shows about like I think that speaks of discipline more than anything else, right? Like um, he's just not going to be beat. Like that's when you're going to commit a lot of fouls when you're, when you're beat when you're in transition and it's 
two on four and you got numbers back, but you just fouled the guy intentionally and transition. Like for just no for reason. comparison state, uh, DeMar for his career averages. Oh, come on. Two, Why we got to do this? What DeMar we... for his career averages 2.2 fouls a game. Kawhi averages 1.7. Which a... one of them do you think uh, is in a position to foul more often? Well, I mean, considering DeMar just guards the most inept uh, offensive wing and Kawhi is guarding the best guy. Uh, yeah, this, the opportunities are obviously different. But I mean, look, we know, we know that Kawhi's a better defender. We know. Oh my god. Um, going back to this Gilbert thing, though, I think it's interesting that he mentioned Kyrie as a guy who you know might be a problem for Kawhi. Actually, so I think one- I think he misspoke because he was talking about what type of guards would. Yeah. So I think what he meant about Kyrie was that Kyrie would struggle because Kyrie does a lot of left to right and tries to get that little two steps. Okay. So a guy like Kyrie who needs to do all these moves and like has to go left right. He would struggle against a guy like Kawhi just because, uh, like, what Kawhi's strengths are, versus a guy like Westbrook who has just like ridiculous straight line and like first step. Right. He doesn't need a move to go left right. He's just gonna burn right by you. Okay. The only the only retort I would have against that is that uh, there was a game I think in 2015. I think Kyrie was really snapping that ear, but he, that was a season where he dropped like 57 on Portland, and he also dropped 55. Uh, on the, on Spurs. the Spurs, yeah, and the thing is, if you watch the highlights, Kawhi's actually not guarding him that much. It's actually Danny Green, so that's good to know yeah. for the Eastern Conference Finals when we decide to put Kawhi on him instead. Um, you know, yeah. But the uh, only, the only, the only like guard that I can think of in the East that would be similar to that set would be like a John Wall in terms right. of just like burn speed. But like we know he's a fraud, so it's not really yeah. that big of an issue. Okay, we, we got Pascal Siakam. Right? <laughs> We got, OG. we got OG. That's the thing. So, is there any player in the East that you that will worry you from a defensive standpoint um, when it comes to Kawhi? Like when a guy where you, you can't necessarily put Kawhi on him. I don't really you think so. But the I only feel like dude Giannis is Giannis. Is like, That's yeah. it. Because just Giannis is longer. Yeah. So it's just like it just matters on how Giannis comes back this season. If he has any passing vision, if he you know can dribble <laughs> the ball, and if he you know. Develops not even develop a jump shot because that Please I don't actually think future this No, once he's a future raptor, it's fine. But up until then, like the dude can't, the dude barely sees the floor. So, mm. Mm. like if Giannis, like he's young, so he could definitely improve. So Giannis is really the only guy in the East that gives me any fear of anything because all the rest of the guys are kind of just like B stars to be honest. Yeah, like Embiid, I, I feel like Embiid could be. Giving the Raptors a bit of more issues, but like beyond, I don't know, that, like for like, tw- like for twenty six minutes a game, Embiid yeah. could definitely give the Raptors issues. Yeah, and then he's gonna play another ten where he turns the ball over like every other possession, which is gonna be great for us. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's the thing with the East, right? There's not that many tricky matchups. Like obviously there could be in season trades or everything like that, but if you just go down the line, like I would be confident with Kawhi on Ben Simmons, for example. I'd be confident with Kawhi on almost anybody on this the Celtics. I think Kyrie's a different level, but. Kyrie's one of those guys where, like, if he gets going and he's really hot, like, just really try to, like, press her up on him on the three-point line and let him drive by and try to finish over contact. At least take, make him take hard twos instead of hard, you know, like, open threes. I think you can calm down Kyrie a little bit. Um, but, I mean, like, Kyrie's a great scorer in the way that, like, you can't really stop him when he's really going. So that's not really Kawhi's fault. And, then, like, when you look down the line, like, Victor Oladipo for Indiana is like, all right, cool. I think Kawhi can guard him. Uh, you know. Even someone like Blake Griffin, I, I would actually be pretty confident in Kawhi doing that as well, just because Blake doesn't have great length. I think Kawhi is actually way longer than Blake, despite Blake being a 
powerful. Yeah, Blake. Blake's kind of a Tyrannosaurus Rex type guy. Dude, his arms are very short. That's why he's never yeah. been like that great of a finisher outside of dunking. Obviously, yeah. when he's dunking, great finisher. Like he's he added, dunking, he's he added good. that he added that reverse three sixty layup where he like oh, sets God. his pivot up one way and then decides to spin his body the entire other way for a layup, which is hilarious. I but hate I hate work. watching Blake Griffin's post game. <laughs> it's so ugly, <laughs> man. But hey, but hey, there was that Rico Hines footage of Blake Griffin like hitting like step back between the legs, mm. like pull up threes. So mm. you know that Dwayne Casey offense is going to really empower him for that too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But honestly, like I think the Raptors' biggest strength is always just going to be it's not just because it'll never be about the one-on-one matchup with who Kawhi's guarding. It's the fact that if they try to take Kawhi off a guy, then OG's the defender that's switching on, or Pascal's the defender that's switching on, or Danny, Danny Green's the defender that's switching. On. So it's more just that, like, you can you have so many bodies to throw at, like, multiple people that you can lock up basically the entire side of the floor with one-on-one defense. Yep. So you don't – and then, like, the switches are useless because you're just switching on to another defender who's e- equally strong, longer, you know, frustrating to get by. So I – like, defensively, I really got no worries. Yeah. But – one thing I would recommend everybody watch that Gilbertian spot because that dude cannot pronounce anyone's name. <laughs> like the, I think the only name he got right on the first try was Kobe. Yeah. yeah. And like that's just what happens when like you know Kobe, when you get called the most selfish player in the league by Kobe Bryant. Mm. I mean, wait, man, listen, man. I, I seem to remember Gilbertian has dropped sixty points on an yeah, prime Gilbert Kobe dropped, Bryant. Gilbert dropped sixty, I think, in the game uh, winner too. I think. Did he win that game or did they lose? Because I, I think they won that game. What they won that game? Because I know there was a game where Kobe dropped like fifty, and Gilbert went off too, and then but the Wizards lost, and then they asked Kobe about it after, and that was where he said he's like that guy is the most selfish dude I've ever seen play <laughs> basketball, <laughs> and it was like goddamn Kobe. No, 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 no. Yeah, they won that game. Sixty points, eight rebounds, eight assists, one forty-seven to one forty-one. The Wizards over the Lakers. Damn. Jesus. That's a legendary moment right there. Yo, Gilbert Arena's highlights are crazy because that guy would have dominated. Yep. Dominated in today's NBA. He's basically like Damian Lillard, except less lame. Well, probably about as lame, to be honest, in a different way. Um, All right. Another thing I wanted to talk about, which I think we've already kind of, you know, touched on uh, outside of this point, but uh, I find that. So I spent a lot of time on Raptors, you know, Twitter, Raptors, Reddit in the offseason, I think, as everyone else does. Um, and I feel like it's kind of weird that every single time DeMar DeRozan posts anything or anything is posted about DeMar, like if the Spurs tweet out a picture of DeMar buys locker or whatever, like Raptors fans are all over it talking about it. Like, um, I just I, I'm not really judging. I just think it's kind of weird. Like, do you think it's ever going to end where DeMar is going to do something and people are not going to be rushing the fawn over it or sort of not performing sadness or just like um feeling a need to comment do you know what well, I, mean? I think because like, i think you, you... i think one of the things is just like a like it's not like we have any footage of Kawhi. <laughs> that is true <laughs> to, that is like, true. go the other way like i think once the season starts it's not going to matter anymore everybody will be good but for now it's all fine and like you got to remember like even if you're not a fan of like demar Derozan being a player for your team like I'm like you're still a fan of Demar Derozan the person, right? So like Demar Derozan has like an athlete just to be a fan of. Like he's a great dude to be a fan of. Yeah. So sure. like, and honestly, like he posts some pretty cool picks. Like the dude is a pretty. He's got a lot of swagger to him. Like mm-hmm. that one Compton High pick that he had that he posted recently. Yeah. 
That was that was swagging, rocking mm. all blue, continent blue, and then he's got the blue phone case because mm. we all know. Mm. We know. Uh, yeah, we know. Yep. Blue Santa. It's his favorite color. Yo, shout That's out, the, shout uh, out, shout out, Blue Santa. That was great. <laughs> uh, Damar. Uh, yeah. no but so i just I think it's kind of weird though you know what i mean like i just think that like at some point you got to get to a, you got to get to a level where you're like look i've just got to like let this alone like he's not really like i mean i don't want to tell people to be fans but it's kind of like to me i would just be like look it's not really he's not on the team anymore like i don't really feel like a need to comment on that anymore because it's, it's not really about my team i mean it's weird because like where do you draw the line in terms of fan right like you know if you really extrapolate it, it's weird that someone like me is just like recapping every game and, and watching it so intently and whatever, and screen capping Serge Ibaka every time he makes food videos, which I I, I love the Serge Ibaka food videos. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think it's kind of weird that that people are still doing that because I don't I know. Like, are they ever going to let go? Like, you know what I mean? No, nah, it's September. We'll have like NBA content in like fifteen days, and then like we'll all be good. Right. It's just about it's just about the summer. Right. I feel he's not there. <sighs> All right, and then we got. Uh, did you watch that surge video, by the way? The latest one. The the Lukaku one. Nah, he made another oh, the, one with Carrie Champion. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I, I saw the Lukaku one the other day. That one was hilarious. What did he make Lukaku eat? He made him eat ch- chicken feet. Yo, okay, listen. Uh, I first thought I didn't know other people were eating chicken feet outside of China. All right, but like chicken feet is great. In fact, I had chicken feet earlier today. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen the Serge Ibaka videos, just like go watch it. All right, because the production value is like shockingly low um, <laughs> for what he's trying to do. But it's actually just really hilarious. Plus, it's like very clear that Serge Ibaka is like well connected as as the you know. Yeah, he's apparently uh, one of he's popular. part of uh, Lukaku's like uh, groomsmen. He's one of the groomsmen apparently. Oh shit, really? Yeah, because that's what wow. Lukaku said. He's gonna be at the very back now. Wow, You're making him eat chicken feet. <laughs> but I do find it, it's really endearing because yeah, uh, in, ba- in in the background of the video while he's cooking and whatever, he's playing his own song. <laughs> So you can Yo. hear lightly Mafuzi style playing in the background. Great song. Amazing song. It is a the great song. That, it's a little bit wasted. That, the fact that Serge Ibaka had to be basically a dumpster truck uh, on the court. Come on, man. Ruined that great summer banger. Hey, man, but at least we're starting to see more Serge Ibaka workout videos. Because, yeah. you know, like with some players, it's like, all right, they're working out. Like with Kawhi, like they're working out. They're not, they don't got to show you because they don't really care. Serge Ibaka really cares. So if, if the times you see him working out is probably all the times he's working out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> all the other times is just him like shirtless. Bro, anywhere. he's had a crazy summer, man. Any- he's just like in Colombia, like just, doing like a yeah, DJ set by himself. Not wear shirts, man. What? I, I get it. If I was Serge Ibaka, I wouldn't wear a shirt either. But That's, he never wears a shirt. Yeah, again. Yeah. You get it. You get it. Shout out like Serge Ibaka, though. Like, like, live your best life, man. Like Scam the best life. Shameless. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about one more thing before we go to Twitter questions. Thankfully, there's tons of Twitter questions, so the second half is not going to be as awkward as the first half. It's awful. (laughs) It's not been great, man. Look, there's no topics. We're talking about Gilbert Arenas. Like, anyway. Um. 
let's let's go through the Raptors prospects and talk about how each of them can improve for the upcoming season. All right, so let's start with Pascal. We're seeing a lot of videos of Pascal shooting that jumper. Um, I mean, I don't really think that Pascal's ever gonna make make his money as like a as a stretch guy. And even if he does stretch the floor eventually, I don't think people are gonna consistently guard him out there. So. I would say it's nice that Pascal gets a jumper, but I don't think the jumper is what's going to unlock his everything else in his game. I think for Pascal, it's more about like um, it's more about like being a better rebounder uh, because if he's going to be four and occasionally play five, he's got to do better than grabbing like four boards a game. And he's just he's not a really a particularly great rebounder. Part of that is like he likes to leak out and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I like to see more improvements in the defensive end from Pascal. What do you think? I think the one. I think the one thing that was nice. Um, he looks a little more coordinated, like with his legs, like okay. running. He, he does look kind of like, crazy when he runs. Yeah, because like last year, the bigger thing was like he was just kind of like out of control at times. Mm. This year, like at least in like the footage you get on, whatever, like the summer footage, um, it seems like he's more controlled in his movements a bit. Like he kind of has an idea of what he wants to do. Yeah. The, I think like the like probably like the the goal for Pascal Siakam would be like to become like a Lamar Odom type player. Yo, like that's that's that really the, that's really the that's comp. That's a great comp. I like that because I've been calling him Thaddeus Young, but he's not really the physical he's like not that. Thaddeus Young, like he really is a Lamar Odom type, where it's kind of like he's like the six man type, uh, like X Factor type dude. Yeah, where he can come in, he's long, he can play a bunch of different positions, and he can make plays. Like the one thing that like made Lamar Odom great was like not just to score, like he like he was a he was a streaky shooter. Yeah, he shot thirty percent from three, which was passable back then, and it worked. Yeah. But his biggest thing, he was just an like incredible playmaker, like with the yes. ball. So like, you put him at the four, and he was making all these plays just by being able to run a pick and pick and roll with your big. Yeah. So like that's that's where I think Pascal's probably gonna make his money as a Lamar Odom type. Yeah, that's a great call, man. But the thing with Lamar, right? Like this man had uh, he averaged eight boards a game for his career. Like he's, yeah. he was a good rebounder. He, and if you played, if you went. You know, went with him at power forward. I mean, I don't think they ever played him at center because there's Powell and, and, and what's his name, Bynum around. But, like, you know, like, Lamar, at least, like, he was bigger than Pascal, so I think he was a better rebounder. But I think, like, yeah, I think just, if, especially if Pascal can get the rebounding part uh, down, then I feel more confident in him being, like, even a small ball five in occasional bursts. We haven't ever seen that yet, but, um, you know, I think Pascal could really get that part down in his game. What do you think about OG? I think with OG... It's clearly that he has to work on his handle and his sort of off-dribble game. I mean, he's not getting the ball too much, but um, I feel like last year, the only time I saw him dribble was when, um, you know, he was in the corner and someone closed out on him and he would drive. And a lot of times he would turn that into a, a you know, he would drive and then turn around and start doing a post-up, which as someone who has no handle whatsoever, like I could really relate to that because the easiest way to not get stripped is to turn your back and to your defender. But... Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think if if OG gets a handle, I think it can unlock more parts of his game because right now he kind of is what he is, which is like he can shoot the three really well, especially out of the corners. Um, and he can defend like crazy. He's got a great motor for that, and you know that's all good. But in order to go to the next level in terms of as a score or whatever like that, like he needs to get a handle so he can get more shots off. Basically, I think the other thing for OG probably is just like offensive awareness. Um, so like a lot of times when like he runs the play last year, you could see it was a lot of like rookie running a play because mm-hmm. you would kind of just run the action and then it would take him a couple seconds to figure out like if that got closed, what the reaction would be, what the reversal is. 
So like he'd be pretty like you could see him slow down his feet as he'd be getting to the end of his route. So I think the bigger thing is this year, like having that offensive awareness to be able to cut a little bit better, mm-hmm. like seeing the back cuts faster. And I think the one thing I really want to see from him this season is like, like because I know last year was coming off the ACL, but this year just like see if he gets that bounce back. Yeah. Because like the one thing we didn't see from his last year when like he'd flash down the lane and just like take off one foot and like just slam it. Because mm-hmm. like in college he used to just like hammer. Yeah, the, the college highlights are nuts. But and I don't he, I don't know like, if he gets to that point. You know what I mean? Like I don't I, like two thing. He had a lot of opportunities last year to do yeah. that. Where it's like he does a hard flash and he goes up and he's definitely like big enough to take the contact. Yeah. Because a lot of time when he would do that, he would just then get the guy in the air, take the contact, and then finish a layup. Mm-hmm. But like I want to see him. Like I want to see if he gets that bounce back where he can just kind of just like straight up just dunk those. Yeah. With he's, like similar viciousness because he should be able to get back to full health. Yeah, he's a guy who like I really feel like he needs like two steps to get into the dunk because like. Like, I think to reach that, like, super, super high max vert of his, like, that you've seen in the college level, like, it's usually him, like, driving the middle of the floor and then taking two steps and then exploding, whereas, like, a lot of the dunks we saw to OG last year were, like, two feet, um, go up strong, like, underneath the rim, um, either, like, reverse or whatever, going on the other side of the basket. Um, there's a lot of those, but those don't look the same as when he really fully takes off and i guess you know we'll see more opportunities but i think honestly like, think, like the, the handle is going to help yeah, do a lot the handle is going to help but i think footwork is really going to help because i think if you want to see a comp on him just like in terms of his feet if you watch og footage just watch how his feet when he runs mm-hmm. and then go watch like old ron artest footage like from any time whether he was with the pacers or the kings or even houston, yeah, houston. Like, when he saw his prime yep. just look at his feet because like Artest like did a lot of like bullying people off with his strength, but he really didn't have good footwork when he would dribble. Mm. So a lot of his dribble moves, you could see that he was wasting a couple moves just because he right. needed a couple extra steps to get his feet under him to set a shot. So I think for OG, really like I think footwork into getting into a shot, setting up a shot, and just like his footwork when like he's doing his cut, so he lands on the right foot instead of having to flip his feet on a catch or whatever. So. Yeah. That's, I think, those are, like, little parts of his game, which I think if improved would, like, open up a lot for him. Uh, what about DeLon? I feel like with DeLon, he really needs to, like, with DeLon, he's just going to play more often. Like, he's a little bit passive by nature, and so he's going to naturally gravitate off the ball, which means I just need to see, basically, more three-point shooting from him. Like, find more opportunities where he can catch and shoot. Um, and basically move towards more of that two-guard kind of game, even though he's mostly a point guard. Yeah, and DeLon the second half of last season really came on. As yeah. Like, like where it was almost like if he took a shot, you felt pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, it just doesn't, uh, like, look the greatest, but, like, you could definitely see it getting better. And, like, again, summer league workouts, you know, you don't you don't necessarily want to uh, buy too much into it. But, I mean, at the same time, like... And DeLon's another guy, like, if he bulks up a little bit, if he bulks up a little bit, he could become, like, a really, really plus rebounder for, yeah, for uh, sure. at the guard position. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, DeLon's path to more minutes and stuff like that is very straightforward. I think a lot of it has to do with opportunity, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, like you were saying, man, um, since after DeLon got back from his injury, um, he shot 34, sorry, 38% from the, the field from, from three, which is, you know, one of the best marks on the team. Um, I mean, look, overall, I would just like DeLon to play more aggressive because I think that would accentuate all the parts of his game right now. But, I mean, I just don't think it's in him. Um, and the guy who does fill in for that aggression is Fred Van Vliet, who it already really feels like he's maximized everything in his game because we never expected him to be this good. 
Um, but if there's one thing that I think Fred can get better at, uh, is sort of an in-between game between like just like him doing the circus layups and then him shooting the three because. I don't ever think he, because of his size and because of his athleticism, he's never going to be like a high efficiency guy around the rim. But if he can have like a little push shot, a little floater or anything in between, so he doesn't have to take as much contact and doesn't have to do those circus layups. Um, it's just going to help. I, I, overall. I would love to see him steal that like classic Kyle Lowry, like drive to like the elbow and then yeah. just kind of like, like the little spin, like yeah. the little like uh, turnaround fadeaway. Yeah. That he does, where he kind of gives you a little shove and then spins it on the reverse pivot and takes a shot. Like that shot is something that like Fred could easily like incorporate. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool for Fred to because really Fred's like his entire game is just do everything Kyle Lowry's ever done in his career. Yep. Because yep. they're they're basically the same body type, the same size, and they play basically the same type of game. Same attitude. For Fred, I think the biggest thing is like now he got his contract. I just want to see if he stays in like peak shape. Because the biggest thing was, I think, from when he came in as a rookie to at the end of last season was that he just got into a lot better shape. Yeah. But I also think that, like, this man was on, like, uh, minimum wage for a while. And so it's just <laughs> it's just hard to eat as well. <laughs> Fred VanVleet was actually using the Popeye's um, 13 like, free three-piece three tenders. Yeah, we got to do an investigation to Fred VanVleet intentionally juicing the numbers so they can save that. <laughs> That three-piece combo. Um, all right, and then Norm. We got to mention Norm. Look, I think with Norm, it's just like a recognition of what you're supposed to be doing on offense. Because I think he can do a lot of stuff. He's just – he's a class – he's like what Gilbert Arminos is talking about. Like what what you're doing is not what the defense needs you to do in terms of like how to beat the defense. He'll randomly just pull out – offense and try to back out and when he has an opportunity to really like push the pace or he'll force a three when really he should be trying to you know close out on a, someone or drive against the closeout and, and make the next pass or try to finish like it just felt like norm was never comfortable last year and he just needs to get more comfortable in the offense because he can clearly do stuff he just didn't know what he was doing at all last season and i can't believe he played 70 games doing that the thing with Norm that really worries me is that he's, like, clearly just, like, looking like one of those guys who isn't a role-player type guy. Like, he's just, like, a guy he needs more touches. He needs to be to six get, Yeah, to get a rhythm in the game. Like, he needs like he needs higher usage mm-hmm. to understand what's going on in the game. Because okay, otherwise, like, when he's in small touches, he just can't maximize because he can't get a rhythm. Which, like, He wasn't that in those first because, two years, though. You know what I mean? Like, remember when he would just, like, randomly come in and... Like, he, like, sort of progressively t- felt more and more confident on offense. It took more shots, and I think his yeah, efficiency our, went our, down. our offense was different back then where it was, like, even That's when true. he'd be in, he'd be doing ISO stuff. That's true. Like, how like how many straight – like, his offense was a lot of just straight-line drives, like, pull-out straight-line drives off of a pick-and-roll. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, Norm hit this awesome layup sometimes, maybe. <laughs> Norm. That's it. Actually, you know what? If Norm can learn how to finish at the rim, Yo, oh. oh my god, the guy just needs to be able to make and like his life would be so much easier. I don't understand. He's got long. Uh, he just doesn't have touch. That's just. Yeah. Uh, it's not actually that hard to understand. He just has brick hands, and that's unfortunate. Because uh, he just gets to the rim pretty successfully. He just it's... doesn't hit them at a rate that you want him to. Um. All right. Well. 
That's enough actual basketball talk. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do Twitter questions. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Uh, all right, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Still here with the side. We're going to take Twitter questions. We're not going to take all the Twitter questions this time because uh, we don't have as much time left over for that. I got to go to sleep. We did 40 minutes in that first segment, which is uh, pretty impressive considering we had nothing to talk about. Um, let's start here. All right, from at Retro Yeezy. Uh, when do we have the conversation for Kyle Lowry as the greatest Raptor ever? Aside. Uh, right now, because once Kawhi starts playing, that won't be a conversation anymore. Wow. Like, wow. Kyle Lowry has, up until this point, been the greatest Raptor of all time. And I don't think it's really that big of a statement to make. Okay. Like, the dude is literally magic. He is. He really is. And in terms of production, he has been the most productive Raptor, period. It's actually not that close in terms of just on-court production. It's just like the off-court stuff, and in terms of his importance... That's the thing where with a word like greatness, right? Like it, it takes into account like legacy and the impact that you make, um, sort of what kind of credibility you bring to the organization. And like, oddly enough, Demar has surpassed him in that. And I you, think Demar want, is making to, more efforts in that. You want me to and piss off a Vince, lot of people right now? What? You want me to piss off a lot of people right now? Oh man! You know how good Kyle Lowry is? Yeah. He basically he made Wes Johnson with a green light a, a four time All Star. He made he made. He, all right, you gotta relax. You gotta relax. You gotta relax. Dog, he made he made Wesley relax. Johnson. He made Wesley Johnson a second team All NBA player. You gotta relax. That's that's uh, wild. That's how good Kyle Lowry is. That. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's that's really rude. That's really rude that you said that. But also like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just I think that the, the the thing with Kyle Lowry is that like a lot of what he does is so understated and it doesn't necessarily look good, so you're not really factoring that in as much. But like, I don't know if you look at the advanced statistics, which usually catch more than what you're seeing. Like, yeah, Kyle Lowry is definitely the most productive Raptor of all time, and if that's how you want to count greatness is productivity, which is a great metric for it, uh, a great criteria, then yeah, sure, Kyle Lowry could be up there. But I would probably still put Vince ahead of him. I would put Kyle Lowry over Demar, but it's it's close. I don't think I put Vince. The thing is, Kyle Lowry's been a great Raptor for longer than Vince was a great Raptor. Has he though? It's been like five years, right? Kyle Lowry's yeah, been here six years. Six years now for Kyle. Okay, but the first year was not Vince great was... for Kyle. Like he was, he wasn't a great Raptor the first year. He was just all right. Plus, he was benched for Jose Calderon. I, I again, I don't understand what, what that was all about. So he was injured, and yeah, that too. But the thing was, in the games he was healthy, I think he was averaging a triple-double, no. and then he got injured, and then it was over. But, like, Kyle Lowry's been ridiculous. He has been player. ridiculous. Yeah, Absolutely nuts. Respect like, Kyle Lowry. And I think Kyle Lowry did it in a harder era than Vince Carter, so I think that counts for something. Right. This guy, Dan Freeman, wants me to edit all the ums and ahs out of the podcast. So free. Um, it's a free podcast, uh, bro. Like, I just... Um, man, Dan, yeah. um... Uh, <laughs> the amount of editing that goes in this podcast is not um, very much. I don't think um, that we'll be able to do that, yo. Yes. If you want to do it, go ahead, I think. Yo, bro. listen, yeah, if someone like, wants you to download, edit... You can rip it off Sound SoundCloud. Yeah. And then, you know, just 
send us the edited version. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Shout you out every time. I'm dead serious. I will shout you out. If you want to just produce and cut up those things out, please be my guest. Um, someone asked about OG. We talked about OG a lot. Um, all right. What about this one from TTC? Made me do it. I don't know what what, what they made you do. Switch to Presto. Unfortunately, they're so ugly. The cards. Uh, I am super jazzed about Kawhi, but also sad to see Demargo. Should I balance my? How should I balance my allegiance to the team against my support for Demar? For example, is it cool for me to rock my Demar jersey to home games, or does that disrespect Kawhi? Okay, first off, you can wear whatever you want to the games. Really, like it. Don't worry. That's that's not disrespect. I think people can respect the fact that you respect Demar. Um, and that doesn't infringe on anything with Kawhi. I just think that, like, that first part where he asked about how should I balance my allegiance to the team against my support for DeMar, I don't really see the two of them as opposites. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, really see DeMar as an opponent of the Raptors, even though he's on another team. They're going to play two times a year. They're never going to meet in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> they're definitely not. Yeah. Dude, no, they're never going to meet in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. One like, of those teams first... has to make the playoffs first, you know? Yeah, the Spurs. The Spurs are gonna like be in a rebuild in a year and a half, mm. and like the Raptors might also be in a rebuild in a year and a half. So, like they're not gonna meet in the playoffs. There's like little to no chance they meet in the playoffs. They're gonna play two games a year. It's really never gonna be a situation where it's gonna be like you have to balance that. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like once Kawhi starts playing, I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like we all hold Amir Johnson really deep. Like deep in our hearts but like yeah I love how often like how often have you thought about amir johnson playing for the celtics or the sixers or whatever no nah, i don't give, i don't care man. like you feel sad <laughs> like you like recognize and you like you know appreciate the moments they gave you but you get over it pretty quick once the season starts up again mm. so i think it's just a summer feels type thing yeah for sure um and also like again like these these things don't have to be exclusive like and that goes both ways, right? Like, you being a fan of DeMar doesn't necessarily mean you're not a fan of Kawhi. And you being a fan of Kawhi doesn't mean you're not a fan of DeMar. You can be a fan of both. There's a lot of nuance to go around. And DeMar res- deserves a lot of respect for what he did, um, you know, during his time as a Raptor. Like, we could debate sort of, like, the on-court stuff and, you know, whatever. That's kind of a dead horse. We've been talking about that for, like, eight, nine years about how valuable is DeMar really. But, like, off the court and stuff like that, what he did for the f- franchise and everything like that. Like, he did a ton. Respect that man, man. He's He's a good guy. Um, this one from Brett is Luol Dang fit to play powerful for the Raptors, bro? Why? No. Why? God no. Why, why would you? What are you doing? Evaluate your life. Why would you ask such a question? Luol Dang in the max from the Timberwolves. No, imagine, imagine, imagine having Serge Ibaka on your team, and you're like, yo, I want, I want Luol Dang as well, dude. Uh, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, listen, Luol Deng, it's it's okay. Luol Deng was so bad he couldn't play for a tanking team. It's it's over. It's over for Luol Deng, man. It's over. It's okay. It's okay. He's going to be on the Timberwolves. He's going to average two points a game. It's going to be great. Two is generous. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. You sound, you sound just not, like Magic did you Johnson. you watch him in the NBA Africa game? The guy can't move anymore. Yeah, he looked terrible. I, he literally could not play in the big three. Yo, but, but, yo, but he's just been sitting there for like two years. Yeah, the Lakers really signed him, and I just like hated him from the moment he got there. That's that's incredible. He's really Damari Carroll, but even worse. So much worse. I. It's amazing what happened to Lou all day. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that that's you know what? That's the appropriate answer. All right, he's way worse than Damari Carroll. So come on, man. We, no, we don't need that. Also, we have way too many wings. Uh, next one from 
buy b-ball index premium account yeah it's it's a b-ball index shout out b-ball index it's great um who would you have Kawhi guard against the celtics Honestly, I'd probably put him on Hayward and just completely shut Hayward out of the offense and then try to let the rest of the Celtics basically beat the other four Raptors because I don't think a Kyrie-led offense with no other secondary creator is going to be necessarily uh, effective against the Raptors and actually beat the Raptors in the series. Yeah, I think the way you go is you throw like... I think what ends up happening is you... I don't know who the bigs end up being, but it's going to like... You just match up OG, Pascal, mm-hmm. Kawhi, and Danny Green with all their wings. And if you really want, I think I think I think OG could 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 do something against Horford. I yeah. feel like OG oh, yeah, no, might be sure. strong enough to be able to guard Horford. And really, that's the key to the Celtics. If you can figure out a way to like deal with Horford, yep. you can. You can beat that team because Hayward like has become like ridiculously overrated by people. Like he's just like a slightly <laughs> he's like he's like a less talented and slightly more consistent Paul George. And Paul George is like highly overrated by people. Okay, but pa- Paul George also performs in the playoffs. I don't remember any. Yeah, he Hayward definitely performs in the playoffs, dog. He went like yo going <laughs> yo going playoff for sixteen a in an uh, elimination game. Playoff P is a real thing. That's Westbrook's fault, man. That's Westbrook's dog. Fault. Imagine being I imagine- a Lakers fan. Come on. Dude, imagine imagine going DeMar DeRozan in a playoff game and calling yourself Jeez. Playoff P. Jeez. That's wild. Playoff P. That's a terrible nickname. Oh, my God. Playoff P. That's terrible. Yeah. Like, come on, dog. Like, That's are terrible. we really supposed to be afraid of Daddy's Always Happy Gordon Hayward? Like, what the hell yeah. are we doing? Like, really, like, in a Celtics-Raptors series, like, the best player in the series is Kawhi Leonard. Then it's really a split between Lowry and Horford, who is, sec- like, that would probably be the second wow. the third. And then you have probably Kyrie and then Hayward. Like, I don't really think Hayward's that much better than Kyrie, and I don't think Kyrie's really that great. Yeah. So, I, just, I just mean, like, yo, just just take away one side of the floor, basically. Just take away yeah. one of those two guys, and you have one guy dribbling at you the whole time. You can sort of solve that. It's sort of like a more crafty, able-to-shoot John Wall without the explosive athleticism. Yeah. Plus, like, yo, We're, listen, you just have to extend the series. Ky- Kyrie's going to come up with a knee injury, and, like, it's going to be fine. It's, this guy's knees are terrible. Um, uh, this one from Hans Wolf. Is this the longest offseason you've ever experienced and why? Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Making content for this podcast has never been harder than this offseason. Um, mostly because uh, we all we want to do is talk about Kawhi, but we have no content that to ever talk about with Kawhi. Other than these random ass rumors where Phil Handy goes on a podcast. Also, just because they cut the preseason short, like, yeah, you're really feeling it now where it's like, oh, man, it's, like, really far away. And there's just less drama this year. Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm. This August has been brutal. Of course, like, last year in August, I was on vacation, so I think I just missed all of it. But this August just felt like the longest. Yeah. There's just nothing to talk about. Like, outside of LeBron dancing in sicko mode, like, is there really, like, any content? Mm. Uh, right. Next one from Marcelo Menezes. Our guy. Our guy. Our guy. The feed pod never dies, as long as Marcelo keeps asking us questions. Uh, wh- which Toronto-based food franchise is the best Greek food so we can pitch it to Giannis? Uh, are you big into Greek food? 
I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't really have I've Greek food. I've never had Greek food. Yeah. I had Greek yogurt for the first time at work. It's it's not good. No, it was okay. It was like, like Greek it? yogurt, and then it's you put the granola in it. It's like a solid. It's a, it's a solid uh, morning meal. I, I rate it. I think it, I think it works in a work setting. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Is Mr. Greek any good? I've never. Been <laughs> yo, relax. He's not yo, eating actually, Mr. Actually, Greek. Yo, there's this there's this Greek place in uh, Guelph that we get uh, catered for dinner sometimes in busy season. Okay. I don't know the name of the place, but they have amazing food. I thought you said you don't eat Greek food. It's only for like dinners that get catered in. Sometimes we have Greek. Like, oh, so you, you don't choose to eat Greek. No, I don't choose to. Eat. Like I never do, but. They have really good baked potatoes. Yeah. I, I just got to say, I don't really... Yeah, I don't eat Greek food that much, so I, I can't really say I think it's Greek food is very, like, very much like Mediterranean food, I think. like It's a lot of like skewers yep. and stuff like that. So That's like, why I just eat Mediterranean food instead. Yo, Kawhi, <laughs> just go to Biblos. So. <laughs> um, um, all right. No, but seriously, Biblos is, 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 is tremendous. And I feel like the Raptors probably go there quite a bit. Um, Mark is a math teacher. Asks, what Nick Nurse facial hair look is most likely to convince Kawhi to resign? So Nick Nurse actually has gone through a nice glow up over this entire offseason. And it's really been on the... It, he's really been sl- slowly glowing up for like about two years now. Because like for a while, he kind of just didn't look gray like... Uh, like he really needed like sunscreen, like it just didn't look great. And then now he's kind of like trim. He's happy. He's going on Iowa TV to talk about his his life and his how he's a you know his life story somehow led to him coaching the Raptors as the head coach. And um, he looks great. He looks great right now. Plus, ditching the glasses I think helps because he looked like a huge nerd before that. Did he get a pay raise becoming head coach? Because I know he still paid nothing. Uh, I think yeah, he he got the Fred VanVleet um, training camp deal basically. <laughs> Yo, he's really getting paid less on like Tyron Lue and stuff, man. Like, that's good. Like, tough. how it's, much how much more is he getting paid than like Atlanta's coach? Uh, Lloyd Pierce, I think yeah. Lloyd Pierce might be making the same salary as Nick Nurse, except Lloyd Pierce gets to coach the Hawks, which no one cares about. And Nick Nurse is going to coach a team that's going to go to the NBA Finals. So uh, I still think it's wild that there's no like uh, there's no limits or caps on how much you can pay a coach. Yeah, yo, we were paying Dwayne also, Casey like also, seven million is, a year, which is why, which is why I've always wondered. It's like, yo, if you want Kawhi to stay, why can't we just give his best friend like a two hundred million dollar a year coaching contract? <laughs> Uh, I feel like I feel like, like they are might there find any rules against that? that? Like I'm just saying, like, what if he's like a really good assistant coach that you need to keep? Uh, I feel like there's rules around that. Yeah, I'm just saying, something to explore, something to explore. Yeah, no, that's that's some David Kahn shit where we're gonna lose like eight draft picks because we <laughs> signed Joe Smith under the table. Imagine needing a guy named Joe Smith. Uh, but yeah, I think Nick Nurse with. Um, Honestly, now that his face is more shapely, like a little bit of stubble, no glasses, with a shortcut on the side and a little bit taller on the top, like he just Nick Nurse looks great. All right, shout out Nick Nurse. I'm I'm in on Nick Nurse. All right, really in on Nick Nurse and how much more handsome he's gotten recently. Uh, Nyam asks, what's gonna be the death lineup for the team? Death lineup? Yeah. Oh man. I feel like it's got to be a Lowry Fred lineup, but like, it's too small. It's 
it's just too small. I like I think that's probably like the death bench lineup, like the Lowry plus bench lineup. Okay. But like it's probably it's probably like Lowry or Fred and then uh Danny, like Green, Kawhi, OG, and Siakam. I okay. feel like that's the line. That's the one that murders people. It's gonna have like a, a hundred and fifteen off O rating and then like a seventy two D rating. <laughs> Yeah, it might be. The thing was, the only thing I think, like, with that lineup, and any lineup that doesn't necessarily feature both Lowry and Fred, is that there is a bit of a deficiency in playmaking um, and in ball handling. Like, Kawhi can handle, but he's a scorer more than he is necessarily an all-around, like, distributor plus scorer, you know what I mean, like, creator. Um, but that's why I don't think it matters. Like, Kawhi is so damn good offensively. That's true. Where it really doesn't terribly matter that there's a drop off in playmaking, like those lineups are gonna make it all up just mm-hmm. on the defensive end, and it's not like he's like not a good, like he's ridiculously good as an offensive player. He has a his career offensive rating is at one eighteen. Mm. Like his career offensive rating is one eighteen. His defensive rating for his career is ninety nine. <laughs> all right, compare that to uh. like. Compare that to a guy with a 109 O rating and a 110 D rating for his career. Jesus Christ. Like, Damn. yo. I didn't realize I got Beyond Bonesaw to come on the pod. God, I didn't know that's just, what happened. I didn't know that's what happened. It's just so wild. Dude, okay, I'm not going to say anymore, but, like, if you really it's want your difference. mind blown, go on Basketball Reference, go on Player Comparison, type in DeMar DeRozan, type in Kawhi Leonard, and just scroll down to the playoff stats. Yeah. It's... Just, just the playoffs, Okay. Bro, it's it a is, system it thing. Is, you know what the Spurs is, every every blood, Spurs player is a system bath. player. Do you know what? Yo, yeah, Kawhi's a system player. That's why if you watch this, dude, if you go watch Kawhi's highlights from against the Rockets and the Grizzlies, oh and forget the other stuff, just look at the lineups he's playing with. Yeah, it's like Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, and Lamarcus Aldridge are on the floor consistently. Yeah, like the second best offensive player is usually Patty Mills. Nah, man. Give some love to Jonathan Simmons. I felt like he had a nice playoff series. <laughs> Jonathan Simmons, yo. Shout out to the Orlando Magic again oh for having God. the like most beautiful roster. The Orlando Magic have one of those rosters where like no matter how good you are at two K, you can't win. That's yeah, that's true. It's impossible to win with that roster. That's true. I think. Their best player is like Evan Fournier. You don't want to play with that team. Uh, all right. This one is specifically tailor made for us. All right. Brian Christensen asks, which first-gen Pokemon are each of the Raptors? I feel like JV's a Rattata. Caught him early and invested in his development, and now he's not bad. Uh, just didn't realize it till later. They were so easy to find. And Surge is the lazy Charizard from the cartoon. Fred VanVleet is Sandshrew. All right, so I got I got a lot of issues with this. Uh, JV's not Rattata, man. That's that's too... That's that's very rude, all right? Rattata is like Norman Powell. JV is Kangaskhan. Why is he like Kangaskhan? He has not... He, he never evolved, and he's not super effective against anything. Yeah, he's like he's like he's he's a he, he's, you know he's got good stab moves. He's good on offense. Yeah, uh, not the greatest defense. He's yeah. a normal type. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's definitely a normal type. So he's weak against like a lot of different things. Yeah, but he like he does have great offensive potential at times. Yeah. So I would call him a Kangaskhan, and he's likely not going to evolve into anything That's further. True. Probably final form. Right. Um, I I, t- I take issue with this Fab Emily Sandshrew thing because I think you're just saying he looks like Sandshrew. Yeah, he does look like he, he doesn't. He's not like Sandshrew as a player. Not at all. Also, because weird. Demar was sand slash, to be honest, but 
more ways than one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Fred Van Vliet as a Pokemon, I don't know if he was a first gen, but he does look like a Dratini Dragonair type. Wow. Give him that. Wow. Kawhi's definitely Mewtwo. Like, it's not even like a question. Yeah, Kawhi's Mewtwo. It's rude. Like, it, 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 he, he doesn't look like, like he's have you like seen made in a lab. Hands? Yeah, he's, exactly. like, he's made in a lab. It's ridiculous. And then. What is yeah. Surge? Surge is like a. He's like. He's. I guess he's just like an overrated Pokemon. Like, he's like Raichu or something like that. Yeah, he's Machoke. Yeah, he's. Oh, wow. 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 What is OG? I don't know what OG is. What OG is either. Yeah. Take a minute to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, I still I can't think of one for Kyle either. Kyle's hard. Yeah. Also, yo, if you really want updated, like in-depth analysis into this rap, this stuff, just check out the Defeated Pod. I mean, like the archives are still there, so we've answered this question like a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, this didn't go well. Yeah. Remember that? All right. <laughs> uh man these questions are pretty repetitive all right how about this king of the castle asks, watch the game from 2010 all right calderon barnani Clayza, etc would the 2018 raptors cover a minus 20.5 spread against the 2010 raptors in which case i would say yes definitely i think this current team would smack that team by like 30 points easily it depends is the game on national tv uh, sure. Why not? Why? Because Linus Klaza has is a national TV god. He was. Yeah, he was. That dude fucking destroyed on national TV. <laughs> Yo, I do not remember this, man. There I... were there were like two or three guys in the league who just yeah. annihilated in national TV games, and there were Linus Klaza. There was Eduardo Nahara, who like Eduardo Nahara caught yeah. fire every single national TV game, and I can't remember the third one. That's but like was those good. two, like I remember someone said about um, Linus Klaza once. You're like, yo, Linus is like, like really good at basketball, but he's just like mad lazy. But <laughs> it looked that the way. man shows up. If the game's on national TV, he just shows up and balls out. I have a feeling Linus Clays' highest scoring game was a national TV game. Probably. All right, while you looked it up, I'm going to recap what the 2010 uh, roster looked like, all right? <clears throat> Starting in center, Alexis Ajinsa. All right, backing up, Solomon Alibi. David Anderson came into in the midseason trade. Uh, Marcus Banks, all right, looked like Kyle Lowry, didn't, in the body, all right, um, Leandro Barbosa, who was just chucking, like, nonstop, I think he had a usage, like, copy level usage of, like, 30%, Andrea, Jared Bayless, uh, who Brian Colangelo signed twice, Jose Calderon, uh, probably best player on this team, Ed Davis, all right, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, he was a second year, and he was not good at this point, he was really, really terrible, um, Joey Dorsey, uh, small head, you know, big shoulders, looked like Dwight Howard, but was six foot eight. Um, Ronald Dupree, I forgot that we had him. Okay, Reggie Evans, yeah, I was big on Reggie Evans. Sunday out of gains, Jared Jack, Amir Johnson, James Johnson, not nearly as good. Um, James Johnson was really bad at this point in his career. Trey Johnson, which I do not remember him as a Raptor whatsoever. That seems like a generic 2K makeup player. Linus Klaza, Pedro Stokovic, the god, only played two games of the Raptors. Uh, Sonny Weems and Julian Wright. Yeah, so the Raptors of today have probably the best eight players in this game, at least. And it's not close. Maybe maybe best nine. I think, like, 
I'm not even sure if Jose Calderon at this point is better than Serge Ibaka of today. Like, that's how much of a disparity this is. Man, this team went 22-60 and 60 under Jay Triano. It's tough. It's a tough season. It's a tough season. It's a tough listen. Did you find out about Linus Glazer or not? How much more time I got to burn? Oh, uh, also, yo, this I remember this <laughs> okay, very Okay, apparently uh, Linus Glazer uh, was known by the Nuggets. He was given the nickname TVL. Wow. Because he always came to life for games on TNT, ESPN, ABC, including scoring 29 <laughs> points against the Lakers in March 2007. Yo, the Lakers are good. 2007. Actually, no, the Lakers was nah, 2007. That was the Kobe year, right? That was when Kobe was going off. Yeah. Yo, yeah. by the way, uh, a final memory about the 2010 Raptors, 2010-2011 Raptors. Last game of the season, all right, Raptors got all hyped up to play the Miami Heat, all right, because the Heat were super hated that year. Also, Chris Bosh left. The Heat... Coming to the, uh, they come to Toronto. They bench their top three guys. All right, so like it's like all right, fine, we're gonna get this win. And at this point, it doesn't really matter for the Raptors. We're they're twenty two and sixty, right? Um, they play against the Heat. The Heat have nobody. Remember that team? That was team was garbage, right? Like it was like Bosch, you know, LeBron and Wade carrying a team full of guys like Joel Anthony and Eddie House. Well, guess what? Eddie House explodes for thirty five points. In 45 minutes, he plays 30. He plays 45 minutes, scores 35 points, and the Raptors lose. They get blown out, 97 to 79. That's how bad this team was. We lost to the Heat supporting cast because Eddie House went for 35 points. So yes, the Raptors would definitely smack the shit out of this team. Yeah. I'm so I can't believe we watched that crap, man. I really can't. My God. Uh, uh right. you know, we had a we had an All Star campaign for 10 games of Andrea Bargnani. Oh my god! And he, Kawhi he Leonard. was good for those games. Kawhi Leonard is a raptor. Kawhi Leonard is a raptor. He really is a raptor. Oh my god, this is beautiful! Can't wait to win seventy games this year. Um. <clears throat> all right, last one. Let's take P. Kelly's. All right. Uh, I'm surrounded by Celtics and Sixers fans. Help me talk trash. It's surrounded by Celtics and Sixers fan. Yeah. Just say the best player on both those teams is Al Horford. Wow. That's actually <laughs> so funny. Man. Al Horford really, like, sunned the entire Sixers roster. That's really sad. That's really sad. Um, I would just say to Sixers fans, like, uh, there's obviously all the all this stuff that you could say about Brett Simmons. Like, dog, when, your, really entire, like, when your entire playoff run banked on, like, Marco Bellinelli and Irsan Ilyasova hitting ridiculous shots, like, yep. maybe shut the hell up. Um, like when, when even even like your best players like summer footage is him taking like ten foot jumpers, like dog, you can't even see the three point line in that video of no, him hitting can't. jumpers. There's only two. Like no, like uh, not even on the opposite side. That's how close the camera is to him, because he's that close inside the. Like come on, what are we doing here? Uh, you could just say that. Actually, you know what? Like, yeah, obviously you could really knock them for Ben Simmons and everything like that, but you should really go at Markel Fultz because they really spent the number one pick uh, on what they thought was James Harden and they, what they actually got was Michael Carter-Williams uh, with a worse jump shot, which is kind of incredible, really. The number one pick to, to use that. And they traded away Tatum for that. And then for Celtics fans, I mean, you just got to go hit them where they really hurt, which is uh, talk about the fact that pretty much – that entire fan base is mad racist, uh, and you should just 
it's not even a making fun, dude. Just just put that statement out there and just let them really get angry at you on Twitter while you mute them. And just be like, yo, they're they're two of their two of their big three are so replaceable that literally rookies stepped in for them. And the team was fine. That's how replaceable two of their big three is. Oh, that's true. They do have nice prospects, though. Shout out to... I, I do respect the prospects on the Celtics. I really do. It's just yeah. the existing stars. You know what I mean? Like, they have the Raptors problem, right? They have a nice supporting cast, but, like, the top-end players, nah, not as good as you would want to be for a team to go into the finals, which is why they won't go to the finals, which is why the Raptors will go to the finals, because we have the best player in the East. Yeah. Quite like, later. they're one, they're one torn uh, pectoral muscle oh, away my God. from, like, yeah. being a 40-win team, so I don't know... What just, we're talking about. Just, just <laughs> shout out to the fact that Al Horford tore his boob like eight times, man. That's insane. What are you doing? Man. Like, how do you even do that? How do you tear your pec? How does that happen? Playing basketball. Like, <laughs> I just want to say though, I love Al Horford. Like, he's such a good basketball player. Yeah, he'd be great on the Raptors. Yeah, he. We honestly, might actually win the. Nah, I'm not, man, we're not going to win the title, but Raptor. it'd be great if we had oh, Al Horford. God. Oh my god, that's okay. It's okay, we got Jonas, bro. We got Jonas and Serge. <laughs> God damn it, Serge. Yo. Alright, put some respect on Serge's name. Remember that's that game against the Celtics? Uh where he I, blocked a shot, came down, hit a free throw line jumper. Uh that his that, very oh, first game as a Raptor. That was yo, not the only highlight. That was great. Played. That was a great debut for both him and PJ Tucker, man. That was so lit. Um, that's probably one of my favorite games, actually. Just to, like how randomly intense that game was between um, the Celtics and the Raptors, and the Raptors won that game. Um, but also, no, I mean, this past season, remember when the Raptors surprised the Celtics by having Serge Ibaka basically pick up Al Horford from half court? And, like, Al Horford couldn't do anything, and he scored, like, one point or something like that? That's the funny thing about Al Horford. He's a good player, but he'll score one point, really. He's basically the Kyle Lowry of power forwards. One point. Oh, yeah, by the way, like, Ben Simmons literally had one point. In one single game. point. He played, single like, 30 point. minutes at one point. Like, dude, like, the Raptors had a guy who only had eight points, and it was all free throws one time, but that's, like, eight times as many points as Ben Simmons had. <laughs> one point, man. All right. That's us for the podcast. That's sad. What do you want to plug? Uh, you want to plug anything or not? Nah? Uh, not really. I got nothing to plug. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well... There'll be more Raptors content next week. Hopefully more substantial than talking about Gilbert Arenas and his thoughts on Kawhi Leonard. But, hey, man, the offseason is long. The offseason is very long, and we're, we're trying to get some guests. Um, you know, not that Assad doesn't have the necessary clout because, you know, I think you're over 1K now. But, you know. Yeah. We've we, we got, we got some things in the works. We've got some things in the works. It'll get better, I promise. Any, anybody out there who, like, owns a halal food restaurant, Feel free to hit me up in the DMs. I will sponsor. I will. I will. I will shamelessly promote all your wow. food if you give me like a discount code. Jeez. All right. Jeez. Osmo. Yo. Sammy Osmo, if you're listening, hit me up, please. Yo. Spend a lot of money at your locations. Yo, actually, I got something to shout out. This past weekend, I was at my. Par- well, I, was, I was with my parents at Markham. Shout out Markham. You know that's what Asian people do. We go with our parents to Markham on the weekend, and we went to Xinjiang Restaurant. Which is a halal friendly restaurant as well. You should go there. It's really, really good. Um, oh, blast. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's, it's really far. I think it's at Warden and Steel's. It's like by that TNT supermarket out there. But that place is amazing. I don't know if you guys live in Scarborough or whatever, you guys want to try a restaurant. That place is incredible. And the menu is really deep. Um, also, I just never had Uyghur food, you know? 
Shout out Uyghurs. All right, that does for the podcast, man. Asad, I'll see. I'll call you another time. All right, awesome. Anybody who listened to this whole thing, like, yo, you got problems. Guys, like it's <laughs> like it's September now, so like, hopefully, you oh, yeah, listen up, to Pound but... the Rock. Listen to Pound the Rock. Yeah, listen to Pound the Rock. That's actually like a good pod that actually you know cares about its <laughs> fan base. That that pod would never bring me on to just ramble. Nah, nah, we got real guests like, uh, like well. Yeah. If actually, if you if you're looking for a pod to fill space, go and listen to the pound your pound pound the rock JYD episode. Yeah. Which is absolutely hilarious, and if you're like an old school Toronto Raptor fan, you'll absolutely love it because JYD recounts a lot of old Raptor stories in that one. I personally love it. That was one of my favorite podcast episodes of the summer, to be honest. There you go. There you go, baby. Yeah. So definitely go. go check that out. That that's what I'm plugging. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. With All probably right. not JYD, unfortunately. All right, peasy. All right, peasy. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.